Welcome to Podcasting Tech, a podcast that equips busy entrepreneurs engaged in podcasting with proven and cost-effective solutions for achieving a professional sound and appearance. I'm Matthew Passy, your host and a 15-year veteran in the podcasting space. We'll help you cut through the noise and offer guidance on software and hardware that can elevate the quality of your show. Tune in weekly for insightful interviews with tech creators, behind-the-scenes studio tours, and strategies for podcasting success. Head to podcastingtech.com to subscribe to this show on YouTube or your favorite podcast platform and join us on this exciting journey to unlock the full potential of your podcast. When we talk about podcasting technology, we're always looking for something that's going to make your life easier, but we don't want it to just make your life easier and be cheap and sloppy and something that you're not going to be very proud of. And when the concept of a pod page first came along, there were a lot of folks who were concerned like, yeah, an automatic podcast website. I don't know. Is that really going to be worth it? Is my site going to look professional? Is it going to be cool? Is it going to work well? How easy is this kind of technology? And right away, I could tell the first time I ever put my eyes on a pod page, I knew there was some real there, there, right? You enter in your RSS feed, you tell the name of your show. And within five minutes, literally within five minutes, I had helped folks create a functional, beautiful, you know, really powerful podcasting website. And that was several years ago. And it's only gotten much better, much stronger. And it's definitely something that if you are not savvy enough, if you don't want to go down the wormhole of WordPress, if you, you know, don't know what you don't know when it comes to building the right podcasting website, then you definitely want to check out a pod page. And today we are super excited to have Brendan Mulligan, the pod page founder, also just a serial entrepreneur with some other cool stuff that he's done in his past. Brendan, thank you so much for joining us here today. Thank you for having me. It's good to talk to you again. So we we spoke about this, I think, many, many years ago when this first developed. But, you know, pretend that that episode never existed. Tell us, how did you get to creating and thinking up the idea of the pod page service? So I have spent my career helping creators. I started in the music industry. Um, I moved into helping app developers and then um, working with podcasters and digital artists. And the theme throughout all of them has been the same, which is all of these creators, they do what they do because they have some talent in that medium. And so podcasters, like they're amazing because they find people to interview or they come up with great stories or great topics. They, they create great content. And so in all of my time as an entrepreneur and working with creators, I've always tried to find the things that they're, they shouldn't really be focusing on because it's just, they should be focusing on their craft as opposed to sort of the maintenance of their business. And there's some areas that they need to be focused on strategy, but there's other areas that they shouldn't. And in almost every one of the cases and groups, the building your own website has been one of these things that it should be easier than it is. And so back in, in my music industry days, after watching MySpace fall apart, what we all realized was these musicians have been focused too much on being on these platforms and not enough about owning their own piece of the internet. And so we helped them create websites uh, really, really easily using the content they'd already put on the internet. And when I saw what podcasters are doing, I saw almost the exact same thing. I would search for really good podcasts and the top hits on Google were Apple Podcasts. I think at the time of it, it been iTunes. I can't remember. Um, uh, you know, Spotify, it, it was platforms. 
And a lot of them didn't have their own website. And I started reaching out to podcasters asking why. And they're like, eh, it's just a pain. I don't really want to learn for WordPress. I tried. I paid a designer, but it didn't work. Like all of these excuses were basically, it's too hard. And so when I dug in a little bit more, I realized that the RSS feed, the same RSS feed that's that's read by Google and Spotify and Apple has all the content to basically be able to create a website instantaneously. I mean, we say five minutes to get to a website that you're like really happy with and you can just leave alone forever, but it takes like 10 or 15 seconds to actually generate the thing. So it honestly started as a weekend project for a friend that had a pretty popular podcast, but didn't have a website. And I was like, yeah, let's, let's just try it. So at the end of the weekend, I was like, here's a website I built for you. It's totally self-supported, powers itself. It updates itself. It doesn't, you know, it not only pulls in your episodes, but it pulls in reviews from Apple. So the content stays fresh, all the stuff. And so then we were like, all right, well, is it worth it? So we threw it on a subdomain of his. And a week and a half later, it was the number one hit on Google um, after changing his link and his RSS feed to that. And so it was like, oh, so basically with no effort, you're able to tab the number one spot on Google when someone searches your, your podcast name. And at that point, it was like, okay, this is clearly worth it for a podcaster to do. Now, like, can I make it easy and accessible for them to do it? And so then that was when I started DMing podcasters, a link to a page that I built for them. And I said, hey, here's a website I built for you. Would you be interested in just giving me feedback on what you hate about it? And and it sort of start, that's where it kind of came from, was just talking to more and more podcasters and seeing their reaction and then seeing how openly they were to switch to it or adopt it once they realized how easy it was. And yeah, I mean, one of the things that was so great about creating a pod page for the first time and then helping clients create a pod page was that simplicity of it, you know, something that comes up often when people are trying to build a website or honestly with any creative endeavor are choices, too many choices. And what I loved about it was you put up, you, like you said, you pop in your feed, you can have a website in, in minutes or seconds even, but you have some, you know, design palettes, let's say, right? Like basic templates that people can use. And you, you have just enough where it's like, you can find what you're looking for, but you don't have to feel overwhelmed by all those choices to the point where you can't move forward with it. And on top of that, it's so easy that once you maybe get tired with your one design, you're like, yeah, let's try something else. You can go ahead and just boom, click that. And now the whole website kind of changes, keeps into account, right? Some of the customization that you've made, but right. You can update the look and feel without having to go through and reprogram your entire website. Once again, it is that whole flow and and basically the the theme of I want it to be easy for people without having to do a ton of work. Um, I want it to look good without being overwhelming. Um, I want them to be able to change it without screwing things up. That it is so hard, and I would say it's gotten harder over time as we've made the pages more complex. But a big part of Q one for me. It's literally the biggest project that we've worked on for a while and what I'm working on right now is adding a ton of themes and, and functionality um, as far as cu- design customization without making it more complicated. So if you were to log into PodPage with my account, there's this crazy amount of new new stuff to change because I'm trying to figure out how to make it still feel accessible and easy. But we're about to roll out like a new... We haven't updated our templates for a while, but we're about to roll out a, a, a new set of templates that are... In, I mean, obviously I'm biased, but... They are really, really <laughs> nice. Um, I honestly, I mean, this is just on me. Like, I feel like we've fallen behind a little bit over the last couple of years because we haven't done a lot of template work. We've done a lot of like adding the ability for people to tweak things on their website and make it look better. But as far as just a one click, like I want my website to look like that, we haven't, it hasn't been as uh, high on the priority list. 
So that's what the beginning of this year is. And so I'm excited about it. So I, I appreciate what you said, but it's, I am, I'm embarrassed by it. I think it could be way better and hopefully it will be in the next couple of weeks. I mean, everything can always have room for improvement, but again, for, for folks who can't build a website or don't want to go through the whole rigmarole, it's nice to have nice, but you know, simple choices to work with. Talking about some of the tech stacks, talking about some of the features, you've added a lot since the very beginning. What are some of the features you are most proud of with PodPage that, you know, let's say one that you particularly like, maybe the community is like, yeah, all right, whatever. And then what's that one that the community is like, oh my God, this is amazing. You're like, really? I didn't even think that was going to be that important to you. Yeah. For me, things that I like, you know, it's funny when you build something that one of the pitches of it is it's automated. It takes care of itself. It's a set it and forget it type product. Um, it, you want to tell people how powerful it is, but you don't want to confuse them by being like, we do all of these things and you don't even know it, right? And so um, so I love all the features that sort of happen in the background. And those features are things like, you know, the way that we actually, this is just rolling out. We haven't even announced it yet, but it is live. We're starting to pull in chapters. So if you put chapters in your RSS feed, you'll start seeing them show up on your website if you want. We're going to start for uh, for the elite plan. You can put in your if you have a YouTube channel and you have a um, you have a playlist that all you put all your podcast episodes on. We're going to start actually trying to match your YouTube channel podcast episodes with the episode that we import. And so when we import the episode from your feed, it'll automatically put the video for that episode on the episode page. So when people come to your website to, to look at the episode, you, they can actually just watch it as opposed to have to listen to it on the web. So it's all that stuff is the part, the stuff that really gets me excited because it's it makes things so easy. We're using a ton of AI tools to, to do small things. We're going to start transcribing episodes if you don't have them transcribed. So your your website has more text for Google to understand the context of the website or the, the web page. So I love all that stuff. Um, a lot of times users don't even notice that's happening because it's just <laughs> happening. The, for the, from a user standpoint, by far the best feature that we've launched since probably since the first year um, has been a, sort of our guest workflow. And um, a lot of podcasts have guests. Uh, we built a, basically a profile where they can, a very simple thing where they could go in and they could just type in like, here's a guest name, here's their bio, here's the headshot, here's their social links. And then they could say they were on episode 54. And then when you look at episode 54, there'd be a little guest bio at the bottom. You click the name. It has a whole page on their website for the guest. That was the feature. And so I thought it was kind of clever and nice. Um, it seemed to fit the medium. And so I released it. And um, the, the initial feedback we got from our Facebook community was, this is amazing, but God, it's just another thing for me to have to fill out. Pod page is great because all this stuff is automated. Is there any way you can automate this? Now, obviously, we can't automate generating a guest profile. Um, but their suggestion was, can I just have my guest do the work for me? And so we ended up building a, a guest facing version of that profile builder where now the podcast just sends a link to a guest. They fill out a form that form saves them in the back end of their pod page. And then the, the, the podcaster can go in and say, okay, like Brendan was on podcast tech. I'd already filled out the profile. So that was, and they could just click my name and say he was on, he's going to be on episode 54 and then when episode 54 is imported, we can attach the Brendan episode, Brendan's profile to the episode and also email the guest, hey, the episode's released, here are links. That whole workflow has been like transformative for our users. And 
totally not something that we thought we'd be doing when we set out to build the website service, but, but really is really, it's really helpful for them because a lot of people wait to email their guests because they don't have the website link yet. And so, um, anyway, so that's, that's been a big, a big win for, for our users. And I'm assuming that if like one of the questions is like, you know, where can I find more information about you? Right. Let's say, you know, I'm using this form with you and you'd say, obviously podpage.com. Now, aren't I automatically creating some link backs, which is really powerful for SEO in general? Yep. Yep. You, you know, you can, the person can, can plug in their website, their podcast link, their, uh, you know, Instagram account, whatever they want. Um, and they, they have, they have control over what the pro, the bio is. And so, um, and the profile looks like, so yeah, it's been a, it's been a big hit for both. I mean, if anything, I think at this point, the scale that we're working at, I think one of the most inefficient parts of the whole thing is that a guest isn't creating like a pod page profile that then they could send a lot of po- podcasts. They're creating a profile for each podcast. And we've gotten some feedback now. They're like, I feel like I'm filling out a pod page profile form for so many people shows that I'm on so often, it'd be nice if you could just, I could just kind of like give permission for the new ones to access it. So good problems to have, but, um, but it's, you know, it's been helpful on both sides. Uh, maybe, uh, we'll chat with you in a year and you'll say, Oh, we figured it out. We got it solved. And here it is folks. You'll, uh, you'll be able to have your own guest profile on pod page. Yeah. Uh, I also love that you have your own guest release built into it. So that's great. So you can basically turn on that. There's a, a show guest release form uh, with, you know, copy courtesy of easy legal for podcasters, obviously you can upload your own, but like, again, just one more place that podcasters may not be thinking about what it is that they need. And you're already providing like, Hey, here's a heads up on something that you need. And by the way, we've already done the work for you, uh, to make that super easy. What are some other future features or what are some other places where pod page is looking to go in the future? If you can share any of that with us. Well, I think, you know, at the beginning of 2024, if you're talking about the future, you can't can't talk about the future without thinking about AI. Um, I think there's a lot of stuff that we can do to be helpful there. There's, uh, you know, SEO is a hard thing for most people, including myself. And knowing not only like, you know, PodPage does all the work to structure your page to make it as attractive to Google as possible. And, you know, when you put a transcript on, not only do we post on your page, but we tag it in the HTML. So when Google looks at it, they know this is a transcript. And so when they're trying to structure that data on Google search results, they don't have to figure out where the transcript is. We tell them. So there's a lot of spoon feeding we do to Google, but you still have to have the right content on there. And so we're trying to help podcasters make sure that they are doing as well as possible with the content they want to do. So we've last year, we added a bunch of sort of advanced uh, SEO tools. If you've ever used WordPress and Yoast SEO, we basically took a lot of inspiration from that and now make it easy to say, okay, I just released an episode and we say, what's the focus key phrase that you want to be coming up on Google for? And then we'll analyze the the, the episode and the page to tell you whether or not you've set it up for success. Because there's only so much pod page can do. And this has been really helpful because a lot of people would come to me and say, hey, I was hoping to rank for, you know, business podcast. And then we help them realize like, not only is that going to be incredibly competitive, but your, your site actually is more about like small business, uh, small businesses in Akron, Ohio or something. Right. And it's like, then they, once they start targeting their key phrase towards that, they have a lot more success ranking for those kind of things on Google. So we added sort of the, the analysis tools, but I think we're still, there's still an opportunity to help not only, um, with the analysis, but also with just helping people understand, like we can look at a podcast 
Um, and we do this for elite users if they want to. We can look at their episode. We can say like, ah, the key phrase you're probably should be targeting is this, you know, and it may be the guest name or it might be, you know, something in the in the topic. But we look at the show notes. We look at the summary. We look at the title. We're like, you know, our guess is that this is what you're going to want to rank for because this is, seems to be what it's all about. So using tools like that, um, a little thing we're going to release, which is just uh, inspired by Amazon. I don't know if you've seen the Amazon AI tools for their reviews, but instead of reading the 5,000 reviews, you can just now at the top, it says people like this because, and it sort of summarizes everyone's review. We've that hmm. that's actually already built. We just haven't turned it on yet. Search a bet, a much better search using AI. Like there's a lot of that kind of stuff that we just wanted to be the, the page to be a lot smarter. Um, again, our, it's sort of like our goal is just to continually make it less and less of something you think about, right? Like it's just doing what it needs to do and it's just working and helping you. Some people like writing blog posts alongside their episodes and there's a strategy for that and we can help use AI to help inform the strategy around writing a blog post that that helps promote the episode versus competes with it, stuff like that. So we're doing a lot more high touch SEO stuff this year. We did a, a big SEO seminar yesterday. We're going to be doing one of those monthly. We're going to have SEO uh, consulting and like high touch SEO one-on-one consulting for people who want it, you know, so there's just, we want to do a lot more now that we spent so many years making these amazing websites. Now we want to make sure that they they're all found for the people who want to put in the work to do it. Oh, amazing. And some of those new AI features that you're talking about, those are only going to be for, uh, elite plans or is that also going to be in the pro? Uh, it'll, it, there, it'll depend on the feature. Um, okay. I, I need to look at it, uh, but, and it, it might start with elite, um, and go to pro in the same way. A lot of stuff started with pro went to basic, you know, elite gives us an opportunity to beta test it with people who are a little bit more invested in their, in the website cause they're paying more and they want more high, you know, advanced features. And so it lets us kind of give it to them. They can, they can use it, um, and we can get it right. And then a lot of stuff can move down into pro or parts of it can move down into pro things like, like AI transcriptions. You know, a lot of people transcribe their audio with their host or someone else, but if it gets to us and it's not transcribed, we want to transcribe it for you because there's so much we can do once we have a transcription. Um, transcriptions are actually really expensive. And so that's one of those things like the cost is high enough where we want to make sure that we can afford to do it for everyone. Um, so that will be something that would be an elite, but some of the smaller AI stuff will, will be in pro. Well, one of the things you mentioned was that, you know, so often you get people who, you want this product to be something that they don't have to think about. And I'll be honest, when I was using this for uh, one of my shows, I never thought about it. Like I honestly, I, I can't even remember how rarely I would visit the website for my show just because I knew it was already taken care of. Everything was automatic. The episodes were being pulled in. It was always working, right? I never had to go in and like purge cache on my, on my WordPress site or make sure all my plugins are updated or make sure the most compatibility issues, you know, were, were working. It just, always worked. And it was just one less thing as a podcaster that I had to think about. So for anybody listening, if you haven't uh, put together a website for your podcast, if you're thinking about how am I going to display my content, cannot, cannot stress enough how great a pod page will be. Uh, Obviously podpage.com, there'll be a link to it here in the show notes below. Brandon, before we let you go, we just want to ask you a a few other questions about podcasting in general, uh, just to see kind of where you're at in the world. So one of the first things we want to know from everybody is, is there a favorite podcast that you are listening to right now or uh, maybe one or two that you would recommend uh, to folks? Um, you know, it's so funny because I spend so much of my day writing code. I, I used to be able to listen to podcasts and work, and now that I just 
I don't, I can't do that anymore. And I work from home, so there's no commute. So I feel like the mm. number of podcasts I listen to has gone down a lot. I'm really enjoying, uh, there's one that's a friend of mine, um, named Chris Hutchins. He has a podcast called all the hacks and he's also like one of my beta tests or like he's the, he's one of my pod page users that texts me and says, Hey, can you add this crazy feature? I'm like, no, no one's going to want that. And then a week later I'm like, nah, I'll build it anyway. Cause it kind of sounds fun. <laughs> um, and so he's, he's, it's great. It's a great podcast. I try to try to listen to as many episodes as I can. And it's all about optimizing your life. And he takes the approach of like, oh, if you're interested in optimizing how you do travel credit cards, or maybe it's money, or maybe it's preschools, or maybe it's your cell phone plan. Like it, it he finds people who have gone deep on everything and then interviews them. So I, that I love. I've always loved like Tim Ferriss and Joe Rogan's shows. They're just so long. So I, I usually catch clips of those. And then I've been, I've been really enjoying the all in podcast, which I know has been getting a lot more popular. Um, it's, I come from the tech world and it's a bunch of tech world people, but I feel like it's a really, it's an, it's a refreshing podcast to listen to because I feel like it's people who generally have differing opinions, having conversations about their differing opinions and they're fairly well-informed people. And it's just like, I feel like it's the exact opposite of what you get when you read, you know, mainstream media. You get where you're getting such a one-sided approach to things like it's actually a conversation. And so they'll have on, you know, they've had on Tucker Carlson or Jared Kushner, but they've also had on RFK Jr. or, you know, people on like the far liberal side. And so I feel like it's a nice balance of like, oh, this is just like informative and interesting. So I feel like I'm being drawn more to that content now where before I think I was more drawn to like startup content. So I was listening to my first million and more like business seaside stuff. I've sort of gotten to the point where I'm like, all right, I've, I've listened to that for long enough. Now I'm sort of interested in other stuff. Uh, is there going to be a pod page podcast anytime soon? You know, I try to stay in my lane um, <laughs> and do it and do what I'm good at. And I've, I've tried a few times to think like, Oh, could I do a podcast around podcast websites or could I do? A, and I feel like there's a lot of great podcast content out there about podcast tech uh, about how to podcast and all that. And it's just not necessarily, I think an area that I'm great. So I'm going to leave that to people who are, I think doing a podcast is so hard. I mean, it's so much work and I have such respect for all the people out there doing it that I think that I would rather spend all my time trying to make pod page better and not, not trying to do a podcast. So I'm always making myself available to podcasts, but I haven't, I don't think I want to do my own. Fair enough. Outside of the I, I think, website, you know, honestly, I think I think I sit down and I think, do I have fifty-two pieces of content a year to share with the world? And I just don't think I do at this point. So, or if I do, it would be a lot of work to fig- to organize that and figure it out. So it's just not where I want to focus. All right. Outside of podcasting websites, because obviously that's your lane, and and you know you're working on that solution anyway. Is there another place in podcasting in general that you can? that you would like to see improvement or see something change? Well, I think that the openness of podcasting is such a core central part of it that is so incredibly important. And and it's hard to watch Spotify. I feel like they actually innovate pretty well. Like I think their podcasting listening experience is really good. I, I use it the majority of the time. I like that it's cross-platform, but I hate that it's this walled garden. So I would love to see the consumption experience diversify a little bit, although it's just really hard to see that happening. But, you know, we, we face a lot of issues with our users where they write in, they're saying like, Oh, this isn't working or this isn't showing up here. And it's because they're on Spotify for podcasters and they've like by default gated their content to just a few places or so I would, 
I would love to see more innovation across the board on the consumption experience, but I, like I said, I don't, I don't know if that's going to happen. I do think that this video is going to be a bigger component to it. And so we'll see what you or what YouTube does this year, uh, when they do their full launch and stuff. But, um, I think that, I think that consumption experience, there's still more to be desired. I think on the podcasting, sort of like the inside baseball tool side, I think the hosts are all doing a really great job. I think the podcasting 2.0 tags and and all the stuff that could be in the podcasting feed, it'll be great when that's all supported because it makes people like me, like makes my job so easy when there's already a transcript, when there's already chapters, when there's already guest names. Like my life would be way easier if all the content that we, that was already being published other places was just stuck into the feed. And so what the podcast 2.0 initiative is doing, I think is awesome. And hopefully those tags are adopted by more people and the feeds have more of them in it because I think it'll just make all the places you can go to learn about podcasting way better. Like I wish there was a video link in the feed. So when I get an episode, I already know what the YouTube link is and I can, I can put that on the website. So I think it's all coming, but um, I'm, I'm excited for that to develop. Um, and then I think there's there's sort of this mad rush, not just in podcasting, but in tech in general for like a million people doing AI tools. And we've sort of held back and been like, well, everyone's everyone's innovating on AI right now. But I feel like at the end of this year, a lot of that will shake out and there'll be probably a few really, really good people. I honestly think the hosts are going to win there because a lot of the AI tools are best used pre-feed. I think of like podcasting workflow as like pre-feed and post-feed. Pre-feed is like you need to write your show notes, you need to come up with a title, you need to come up with all this stuff. You need to do all that before you put it in your podcast host and before it goes in the feed. So I don't like to mess with any of that on the pod page side. The post feed stuff is, I think, where we live, which is like, cool, you've you put it in your feed. Now we can put it on your website. Now we can help you put it on Twitter and X and uh, Facebook and everywhere else. Now we can help, you know, get it into Google SEO, all, the, all that, you know, email it to your guests, potentially email it to users. All that marketing stuff is like post feed. I think there's a lot of cool stuff that we'll see in the pre feed side. Okay. And then of course, uh, the last question is what technology are you using for podcasting? I know, like I said, you don't host your own podcast, but you do appear on, on many. So what's the equipment there in your tech stack? Uh, you know, it depends on the day today. I'm using the, uh, just like a basic ATR 2100 microphone that I think I got four years ago because someone said this is a good bit. Maybe Tim Ferriss recommended it. And I was like, here's a good basic mic. And I've used that with the same stand I think it came with like it, there's not, there's not a lot of tech here. And then I've got an AirPod in years still ago. I was doing that ATR 2100 that that's, I've been recommending that for years and yeah, I would still recommend it today. Yeah, it's great. It did sit on my shelf for years because I think I did, I was on someone, maybe it was with Dave Jackson and he, they said that the AirPods sounded better than the mic. So I was doing AirPods for a while. And then for a while it was just, uh, just like my computer mic. Uh, I think that all of the post-processing, like echo cancellation, audio cleanup tools have gotten so good that um, I think four years ago, podcasters were very specific about like, oh, please use specific microphones, you know, come on for pre, pre-interview sound checks. All, and I feel like over the last year or so, that's kind of gone away, at least in my experience, where it seems like these tools are able to make great audio using kind of whatever the input is to a point. Yeah, that you know, I didn't even think about that. That's a really good point. That now there are so many great AI enhancement tools and plugins and software that even not great audio can be made to sound decent, and decent audio can be made to sound highly impressive. Uh, mm-hmm. So really, sticking to something as simple as a twenty one hundred, just a, just something that brings a mic 
closer to your mouth as opposed to, you know, the built-in microphone on your computer, or even I find sometimes with AirPods, the, the microphone being behind your mouth, uh, you know, there's a lot of room that has to be absorbed before it can hear your voice. So, um, but yeah, I, I like the, I like your point that you don't have to get too crazy these days because the technology is there to improve whatever your sound is, um, yeah. you know, take it up a few notches. I also think that maybe it could have been COVID when, I mean, everyone got into podcasting or people couldn't go to their studios or people just sort of had to make do with whatever they had. And, um, and I feel like that kind of was a good shock to the system where it was like, you don't need to, before your first episode, you don't need to spend thousands of dollars on gear. You can just throw some AirPods in because ultimately what's important, what's really important long-term is that you are, care about this topic enough or care about this podcast enough to keep doing it every week. It doesn't actually matter what you sound like. Eventually you want to make sure you sound good, but you're way better off like using your mental cycles to love the craft and get into the craft and make it a habit than you are to like build the perfect podcast studio, or at least that's been my perspective and observation. You know what? I don't think I could have said it better myself. That is the exact kind of advice that we would give everyone, which is you've never heard a person say, you know, that podcast meant nothing to me, but man, it sounded good. So I kept listening. Whereas (laughs) people will come to a podcast with solid content even if the quality isn't as pristine as they would like. So focus on good content, focus on your audience, focus on delivering value and everything else you can fix in post, or frankly, you can improve later as you find uh, more success with what it is that you are doing. Well, uh, we've been chatting with Brendan Mulligan, the founder of PodPage, and, you know, without exaggerating, truly the best way for a podcaster to build, launch, and not have to maintain a website because it does all the work for you. And on top of that, it just comes with amazing other features that are beneficial to podcasters that you would be spending more money on, you know, signing up for this, signing up for this, signing up for this. And uh, Brendan and the team at PodPage just bring it all together in one easy place. So cannot recommend it enough. We have a link to PodPage here in the show notes. Uh, But if you're thinking about a website or if you're tired of the struggles of your website, uh, can't stress enough that you should definitely go check it out. Brenda Mulligan, thank you so much for joining us here today. Thanks for joining us today on Podcasting Tech. There are links to all the hardware and software that help power our guest content and podcasting tech available in the show notes and on our website at podcastingtech.com. You can also subscribe to the show on your favorite platform, connect with us on social media, and even leave a rating and review while you're there. Thanks, and we'll see you next time on Podcasting Tech.